When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino in the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, you know how this works for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their fan base. I mean, they it's the Steelers, right? And I was I had Bryant McFadden on the other day, and I was talking to BMAC, and you know, he's like, you should see the lines. And, you know, when he was out there, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, every year, it's just the excitement level for the Steelers, it's it's pretty darn good in each and every offseason. This year, no is, it, it feels different, though, because there's no Ben Roethlisberger for the first time in forever. And so now you have the excitement of the first-round pick in Kenny Pickett, but you also traded for Mitchell Trubisky and or acquired Mitchell Trubisky in the offseason here for the Steelers. Is this a real quarterback competition in your estimation, or do they want eventually, sooner than later, to give it to Pickett? Well, I think they're only going to give it. I mean, knowing Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's a big believer is I got to stand in front of the team and tell the team something that's true. And he's not going to do that if they don't see that Kenny Pickett's the starter. I mean, every good head coach who's running an operation like Mike Tomlin runs has to be able to stand in front of his team and tell the truth. Because if you try to go in there and say, this guy's going to be our starter and you know he's not ready to be a starter, you lose the team. Mm Mm-hmm. And they didn't really put any significant money into any quarterback to say, okay, we paid him, he's going to be the starter. So he's got open competition. And today, if you read the Boston, if you read the Pittsburgh papers, you know, I mean, Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator who's entering his second season, he talks about how it's going to be an op- uh, Mason Rudolph is right. easily could be the starter. Right. So, you know, and so I, I don't I think it's an open competition. I think it's exactly what he wanted. You know, they gave they signed Mitchell Trubisky on, a, on a, really on a look see contract. It wasn't like they paid Trubisky all this money. I mean, you know, he's his cap numbers three point six. He doesn't have a lot of acceleration. If, if he leaves, it's, it was a come in here, play well and we'll reward you. You know, they've got hit. But when you add up his contract, Rudolph's contract, and the rookie contract, they basically don't even have a starting quarterback number. So it's an open competition. And I think this is going to allow Canada to run the offense he wants to run. It's going to run allow Tomlin to kind of get back to what he wants to do, which is get the quarterback a little bit under center, allow Najee Harris to have a chance, run some play action. You know, last year with Ben Roethlisberger, they had to be in shotgun. I look at it, too, and you mentioned Mason Rudolph. And I was just going back because I was trying to – was he a second-round pick or a third-round pick? He third. was still a third-round pick. He was a high 
still relatively high pick. You talk about Davis Mills in Houston, right? But because he's not a first-rounder, for some reason we just discard that, that he cannot be the guy. So now you've got a first-rounder, 20th overall in Kenny Pickett. you got a guy, Mitchell Trubisky, who by no fault of his own was the second overall pick in the NFL draft, and a third-rounder in Mason Rudolph. So if you had to evaluate just from the outside looking in here, that quarterback room, is it – is it a better quarterback room year one outside of Ben Roethlisberger? Like, are they positioned well in your eyes going forward? I don't know if they're positioned well, but I think they have more leeway, right? So what they have wanted to do was, you know, and, and Ben Roethlisberger has said this, that Kevin Colbert, the former general manager, he, he didn't want Ben back for another year because Kevin saw the same thing that I saw on the tape. Ben was done. But the ownership of the Steelers felt like they owed it to Ben for one more year. And then when Ben took the reduced contract, they had to take her back. And sometimes you do what's best for the team when it may not be best for you as an individual, right? So they worked around it. And they brought Matt Canada in, and they wanted Ben to be under center more. And Ben basically said, no, 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 we're not doing that. I I want this ball out of my hand as quick as I can. No one's hitting me, okay? I want it out of my hands. And, of course, next-gen stats couldn't wait to praise him about how quick he got the ball out of his hands, you know, (laughs) even though the receiver wasn't even ready to catch it, you know. Oh, Ben got it out of his hands so quick. Yeah, well, sometimes that doesn't work in football, right? (laughs) Sometimes you got to hold the ball. I mean, Patriot fans will remember – the interception by uh, uh, Gilmore in the Super Bowl. If 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 Jared Goff waits five tenths of a second longer, it's a touchdown. That's right. But he threw it a little bit earlier because he didn't want to get hit. He didn't want to get hit. <laughs> and that's the difference in football. And when the quarterback will hold the ball to the very last second, he's pretty good. When he gets it too early, not so good. That was Ben. And so now they have a chance to reconstruct their offense. They go back to they want to play action. They want to run the ground game. I don't know if Rudolph can do it because Rudolph, to me, was always the quarterback who played from shotgun, who was in an offense that he didn't have great anticipation. We'll see if he can change that. I look at the win total at 7.5, and, and again, you look at the history with Mike Tom when he's never had a losing season. So the odds makers are telling you, well, this could be that year. Right now it's juiced evenly, minus ten either way, 7.5, if you want to go over or under that total. They're the absolute long shot to win the division at 9-1. to one. But again, j- just to, if you can look at the makeup, the defense is still pretty good. Right, it looks it looks like it should still be pretty good uh, to to make the playoffs. They made it last year three to one. To miss it, you, you're going to weigh four dollars. So this is a, it feels like a betting profile that you're betting against Mike Tomlin in his history. Is this the year that you would you would actually be bold enough to make those proclamations? Well, I think last year, one of the reasons why they're so down on him is as good as they are defensively, right? So they got Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary. They got T.J. Watt. I thought Highsmith played really well, you know, and they signed they signed Miles Jack to play inside linebacker. He replaced Joe Schobert, but who they, who they traded for at the beginning of the season. But last year they couldn't stop the run, David. Mm. David, they were just so bad at defending the run and running the football. Those are the two things that you immediately look for as your football team. Because that tells you a lot about who you are. Do you have enough toughness? I mean, they were the last team in the National Football League in yards allowed running. They were the, they were the last team in the National Football League in average per attempt against them. Those are not good numbers to have. And so I think that's why everybody's down on them. I mean, last year, to me, I think Mike Tomlin should have won Coach of the Year for his ability to win with that team. I mean, let's face it. I mean, to get nine wins out of that team when you're giving up five yards a carry – you know, to get nine wins out of that team when the opposing quarterback is throwing at, at almost a 63%, a 63% rate against you, you know, and you, and you were outscored and you got nine wins out of that game. I mean, I think it's one of the best coaching jobs ever. It really is. But that being said, you know, they've got to get better in those areas. And if they can, they'll have a chance. I mean, even their punting situation last year was horrible, mm. you know, and they were able to overcome that. I look at Tomlin, too, and, you know, BMAC would always say the standard is the standard. That's, that's the Mike Tomlin's kind of line. So the standard doesn't change in Pittsburgh. And he does feel like, boy, for a guy that's got command of the team, you go back to the Antonio Brown days, and Antonio Brown does the Facebook Live, right? And that was really the beginning of the end for Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh because it's like you went inside the locker room and you kind of broke the code, if you will. Does Tomlin, Belichick, certainly New England, these guys have established that culture over time and it proves to work year in, year out. He's never had a losing season. What is it about that? What is it about those guys like Belichick and Tomlin that separate themselves that they can do it year in and year out? 
Well, because they, they have competitive stamina. I mean, that's what makes them so great. They have competitive stamina that they don't rest on their laurels, that they, they're always looking for the next challenge. It's, and it, they, they love competition. They're not afraid of confrontation. Mm. You know, when you're not afraid of confrontation and you're willing to challenge the players to get better, you create a culture that everybody wants to improve. And when you have competitive stamina, when you're willing to do those things, your team will model yourself after it. I think there's pretty clear. I think one of the reasons why Matt Nagy wasn't very good was because he could never get – he never showed any toughness as a head coach. Therefore, his team never had any toughness. Mike Tomlin's team adopts its personality. Bill Belichick's team adopts his personality. You know, they got competitive stamina. They have confidence without evidence, and they're able to do those things effectively. To me, this is a breath of fresh air for Tomlin because he can go back to being – not having to cater to – Ben Roethlisberger, because when you have a great player like Ben, who's certainly going to go in the Hall of Fame, you've got to do things for him that makes him a better player. That's smart coaching. But now when he can't do them anymore, he still wants to do the things that he should do. (laughs) And so now he's out of the way. So I think they'll be better. I really think they'll be better. They have to be better off defensively. I mean, they have to improve in terms of being able to stop set the run defense, being able to, to, to set the edge in the run game, to be able to stop it. And that offensive line, which I thought was really bad last year, has got to improve. They've got to improve. But look, like they, have, they have good players on defense. I mean, they do. They signed Ogojobi, the kid from Cincinnati. You know, if he's healthy, Cam Hayward's still a good player. T.J. Watt's the best, one of the best defensive linemen in football. They've got a great free safety in Fitzpatrick. I think Miles Jack, if he's healthy, he can come back with Devin Bush's inside linebackers. I don't see him as depleted as they were last year at this time. It is fascinating to think this would be the first year that Mike Tomlin as head coach has not had Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback because he inherited him from Bill Cowher. I mean, that's how far back uh, it, it goes with, with the lineage of Steelers head coaches. Also shows you the stability, right, that the, the team has the, the, for decades of stability. They don't change it over all the time. So they do have a new GM this year. They do have – they're going to have a new quarterback, but they still have Mike Tomlin. So I'm right there with you. I, I – I'd be hard-pressed to bet against them. Very quickly, just the outlook of the division itself. And, again, I mentioned they're 9-1 to one to win the division. It still feels like it's a, it's, a, it's a jumbled bunch, right? I know Cincinnati's the team to beat. Everybody expects the Ravens to possibly go worst to first, uh, and, and we'll find out what the Browns look like. But it does still feel like, to me, it's up for grabs, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, well, there's a lot of uncertainty here. You know, I mean, Cincinnati, you know, it's interesting. The book won't make Cincinnati the clear-cut favorite, even though they've improved their team, even though they bring most of their team back. The, the one area of weakness that they had last year was the offensive line. And yet the book is saying, you know, it's hard to repeat. I mean, you have to go back to certain teams that lost the Super Bowl. You know, I, I, and I wrote about this for Visa Online. It's a challenge. You know, your, your, your schedule has increased. You know, will if McPherson have the same year? Baltimore gets Lamar Jackson back. That's huge. Lamar, and, and they're healthy on offense. That's going to be critical. Yeah, they're going to be able to run the ball a lot better in Baltimore this year than they could do it last year. Uh, Michael, when we come back, let's get back to those big nasties and do a little bit of those guard play in the NFL. Find out who might be a blue or red chipper in your estimation. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Vison, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. College Football Guide is out right now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every single team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards. Reserve your copy of the College Football Betting Guides today and Pro Football Betting Guide and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a Easton all-access subscription. Make this football season your very best ever. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe. And I also want to welcome in our ESPN Asheville audience here, the Lombardi Line. You can listen every Saturday and Sunday morning, a.m., 880, a.m., 1492.9 FM at ESPN Asheville. It's the market's top-rated sports station. Welcome to the Lombardi Line. You can listen each and every weekend. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. And I'm always intrigued by line play in the NFL. I know it's not normally the sexiest thing that people want to talk about. Michael, they want to talk about all the skilled positions out there. But before we get to your actual list of red chip and blue chip guards, tell me what you're looking for in a guard that can be a difference maker on that offensive line. Well, the first thing you've got to be able to do as a guard is anchor the line. I mean, quarterbacks, what quarterbacks hate more than anything is they hate people in their face. They, they don't want to have somebody in front of them. They want to be able to step and throw the ball into it. And when there's somebody, what I call, in the paint, it affects the quarterback more than it does those guys running around the corner. Because when they can step up, they can still make plays. If they can step up and out, it's even better. That's when Kyler Murray takes off. He steps up, he goes out. When you condense him and build an umbrella in the pocket, it becomes more challenging. So for me, you know, I think it starts with that. Can you anchor the line? Can you get to the second level? Are you able to get movement in the run game? You know, I think you got to be able to run block, and then you got to play with a, a great sense of toughness, and you've got to be able to be smart. Mm. You know, we have always equated intelligence to the ability to play with pain. And when I was in the league, we always, any offensive lineman who had a 20 test score or less, we got a, what we called an M. Put a, we put an alert on them. And by putting an alert on them, that just allowed, forced us to have to go back and really spend time. So what we would typically do for like a guy like Larry Allen, for example, who wasn't <laughs> a very good tester, you know, we, we sent Pat Hill, the former head coach at Fresno State. He was our offensive line assistant. He went out, spent two days with Larry. He installed the offense to him, showed him the run game, the pass protections. He left. He came back five days later, see what Larry retained. That was more of an indic- indication of whether he had the mental aptitude to handle it. He did. And so that's kind of what you're trying to do with these players. They've got to be smart because that allows them to continue to play through pain. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the example I was thinking of back then with that, that offensive line in Dallas and Larry Allen playing guard and Eric Williams before the injury playing tackle. They almost worked as a tandem, right, guard tackle. You know, the, the, I think the big misnomer was, or at least back in the day, was the tackle's got to be the big guys on the outside. The guards are just kind of they're, they're a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit more undersized, playing on the inside. They don't have to have 
as good. They don't have to be as mobile as a tackle who's trying to, you know, maybe block a linebacker. Is that different in today's era now, 20 years removed from the Larry Allen days? Like, do guards have to be, say, for an Aaron Donald who can line up so many different ways there on a defensive line, they have to be able to match up and almost be as mobile as some of those D linemen? Yeah, they've got to. I mean, you've got to have athleticism because what's happening now is we see this with Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is taking reps at right end one day. He's taking reps at left end. So now teams have gotten smart, right? So they say, okay, we're going to put our best player against your worst player in pass rush. It's a little bit like a basketball game. Mm -hmm. And so if a guard can't handle lateral movement, most of the time the way teams work protection, the guards have to just block a half a man. You know, they slide one direction and so they take a gap, you know, which doesn't work anymore because what happens is now we get that guard isolated. And we saw it in the playoffs. We saw it in the Super Bowl. When Aaron Donald's isolated one-on-one, he's going to dominate. Saw that with Connor Williams a lot as a Cowboy fan, too, so he's no yeah. longer in Dallas. Although uh, he got paid for it. You did. know what I mean? He got paid for it. <laughs> he, got, he got paid to get bull rushed a lot. I saw that, that's for sure. Let's talk about your red shippers, Michael, that you see out there before we get to your blues. And uh, Andres Pete down there in New Orleans, uh, a part of a really good offensive line, might look a little bit different this year. Trey Smith there in Kansas City and Kevin Zeitler in Baltimore. Tell me about these three and why they made your list. Well, I thought Trey Smith was really a good young player. I mean, he had the medical condition coming out of Tennessee. He's big, he's physical, he's athletic, you know, and, and he would have gone earlier than the sixth round had it not been for that medical issue that doctor that the teams had a hard time getting over. Pete has really been a good player. He's played left tackle. He's played guard. He's had some durability issues. Zeitler, to me, is at the end of his career. He's still a good player. I think he needs to, you know, I don't know if he's going to continue to be a red chip guard as we move forward, but he's still a good player in the scheme. He's been on, this will be his third team now, but I, I think he's still an effective guy, and he, they're going to need him to play well in Baltimore. I look at your blue chippers, and certainly the guy that jumps off the page for me, again, as a Cowboy fan, Zach Martin, we know how great he's been. You go back to that draft. That's where Jerry, uh, theoretically, he wanted to go get Johnny Menzel. And as the story goes, Steven said, no, no, no. We're going to take Zach Martin at a Notre Dame. Well, what a, a salient pick that's been through the years. On the rest of the list, the Brandon Scherf one uh, stands out that Washington let him go to Jacksonville and let him get away because I'm with you. I look at him and I go, boy, that's, that's one of those guys. And then Quentin Nelson uh, maybe headed to the hall of fame one day. How good when you look at these blue chippers, are there, are there any subtle differences between these guys? You know, I, I, there is. I think there's certainly a different class. I mean, I, I don't think that when Quentin Nelson, he had some injuries last year that hurt him. I thought Sheriff had injuries that affected him last year. I think Wyatt Teller's a really good player. Look, the Browns have two really good players, Batano mm-hmm. and Teller. And then, look, I, the two guards for Kansas City tuning in at, and, and are in this. So, you know, you've got really good players there. I, I think ultimately that's what – when teams emphasize offensive line, like New Orleans has done, like, like – you know, when you what Dallas has been able to do, Cleveland with Bill Callahan coaching that line, I think it's certainly really important. And, and look, you know, New England does the same thing. I mean, New England's got a really good offensive line. We're going to see it with the tackles with Trent Brown. They've got some good young players that are playing well within that line. You've got to be able to restock it. You just can't say, well, we want to have a good line, but then not draft it. Right. You've got to be able to stock it. No question. The Cowboys, by the way, after kind of where Williams gets away there, uh, whether it was by design or not, then they go ahead and draft a lineman in the first round here uh, out of Tulsa. So maybe that replacement theory there. How hard is it to pass over, quote-unquote, skill players for a first-rounder like the Cowboys did here out of Tulsa? Because to me, you give me big nasties up front, either offense or defensive line, I'm not going to question it until I find out if the player can play. Because that's really, to me, where you build your football teams. Well, I think, you know, there's always been a, you know, the analytical community has come in and basically said, you know, you got to take skill. And I think, you know, I've been trained by the great Bill Walsh that the last position you really fix on your football team is wide receiver, you know, and that's coming from a guy who invented the West Coast offense. So, (laughs) you know, for me, that's been ingrained in my thought process. And I think when you look at teams and Cincinnati was truly the exception to the rule last year, when you look at teams that have blue chip offensive and defensive linemen, blue chip, red chips. If of those 10 positions, let's say 12 players, you know, you figure you're going to have six defensive linemen or seven defensive linemen and five offensive linemen. If you can find a way to have six or seven of those guys fit into the category of blue chips and red lists on both sides, you're going to be a good team. 
because you're not going to get blown out of any game. You're going to be able to stay in the game. Nobody's going to push you around. You're not going to be 32nd in the league in run defense. You're not going to be 32nd in the league in pass defense. You're going to be able to make your mark, and that's going to allow your other players to shine. I think we see it all the time. You know, when you're good up front, the receivers have an opportunity. It's not, as, it's not real complicated. When you can count to seven Mississippi, guys get open. If you only count to three Mississippi, nobody gets open. It's <laughs> you really know, not that complicated. No, I, I remember I was with Trevor Maddox now, does great work at ESPN, and we were at, at D.C. For the, for the then Redskins training camp, and they drafted this kid, Chad Reinhardt, uh, in the third round out of Northern Iowa. And it's the first day of camp, and Trev looks at me after about 10 minutes, and he goes, he can't play. And I go, who? And he goes, the rookie. I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, he's got terrible footwork. And I go, well, can't you coach that into him? He goes, it's really hard. We talk about, like, quarterbacks, whether they can increase their accuracy as they get in the league. Is it hard for offensive linemen, if they have bad technique coming into the league, to coach good technique into them? Well, I mean, I think it depends on the technique. I mean, if they have no bad habits, like like Shaq Mason wasn't even, you know, we drafted him in the fourth round in New England, and, and he could never, he really never pass blocked at Georgia Tech. So he didn't have any bad habits. So everything that Dante Skarnecki taught him, it was new for him. So mm. there was a learning curve, but once he learned it, it was great. But I, I think ultimately what, what you want to look for is the reason why we time offensive linemen in the 40 is because you want to see their foot speed. Can they get the second step on the ground? Can they, can they generate power from two steps? Because that's where they're going to get their game. And you've got to be able to see that. If you can see that, then they become a better player. Now, some guys can do it in a short area, a 10-yard dash. They don't have great 40 times. It works. It's not, a, it's not an absolute, but it gives you an idea. But somebody's got to generate power, and they also have to be able to bend. It's really challenging. You cannot play offensive linemen. The one, one, one area where I'll dismiss an offensive lineman just on site is when they are long-legged and short-trunked. So when they have a basketball build, a power forward build, you know, they're really long-legged. What you want is a six-foot-six guy with a 32-inch inseam. You want a <laughs> long trunk, short legs. And why do you want that? So the guy can move around. He's got more agility. Now I'm picking up what you're putting down. You and Femi do great work on the GM Shuffle. Got to check it out wherever podcasts are available for those blue chip and red chip guards. By the way, I've never been described like that, Michael, ever in my athletic life. When we come back, let's go back to New York. The king of New York, Will Hill, joins us next right here in the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. MGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Plenty of trip to Vegas, come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. And it is time here on a Saturday morning, Michael, to welcoming the king of New York, the host of the New York City uh, cast that we have here at Vston. He is Will Hill. Follow him on Twitter as I do at not the Will Hill. We're going to get to baseball in a second, but I've got a point of contention with you, sir, to begin this show. And that is rumor has it that you are fading America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, on their win total. I mean, that's, first of all, it's unpatriotic. But two, tell us the logic, Will, as to why you're going to fade the Cowboys this year. Michael, he's pretending as a Cowboy fan that he trusts this team. But I think he knows <laughs> that this culture, you, don't, you never trust the Cowboys and their culture to you know, uh, duplicate success, have two good years in a row. And I just think uh, a few things. I think I've tipped my hand on this with, with some of the other previews. 34 takeaways. That's very unsustainable. Plus 14 in turnovers. That, to me, it's very hard to duplicate that from one year to the next. And if you look at their schedule, it's not easy. I mean, their first two games are Tampa. Then they play the Bengals. They also have road games against the Packers, the Titans, the Vikings. Uh, you know, they start the season with no Gallup, 
Cooper's not on the team anymore. It's CD lamb. And you know, I could see Washington having a good year. I always liked him as a player. Uh, you know, I just don't think it worked with Pittsburgh because he had duck Hodges thrown to him. Uh, Roethlisberger, who was a corpse. So maybe he has a breakout year, but I just think there's some questions here. Uh, you know, it really, to me, it just goes back to the turnovers. Can they sustain that from one year to the next, the culture? And to me, the schedule is not easy. You know, you know, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think it's always hard. And I think what you mentioned, the culture, I think it's always hard for the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys to really let people know he's in charge because Jerry is in charge and everybody knows it. And having lived with Al Davis under that situation, it's, it's, it's really a challenge. And can they duplicate it? And I think when you watch them defensively, the inconsistencies as the year went on, when people kind of got an idea on what – I thought Dan Quinn did a great job of changing who he was, but eventually he kind of ran out of things he was doing. I think both he and Arizona, they started out hot defensively, and once people figured out how to attack them, it became a real problem. So I, I don't know if you can do that. Look, they take chances. Diggs takes a ton of chances on defense. He gets burnt quite a bit. I mean, for all the publicity he gets in the interception, he gives up as many. I mean, he's the Phil Negro of football. He's going to win 20, <laughs> lose 20. Yeah, no question. By the way, Femi's in studio, too. So Femi and I are both uh, a little consternation here at this topic. I didn't know but he was a Cowboys fan. We Absolutely. But, you know, Femi and I are both kind of with you guys in one area that you look at the win total. Nobody's repeated in this division in two decades. I mean, so it is there for a reason, Will. And actually, history would, would favor you in this one. And the total's at 10 and a half. So early on, I'm kind of with you. And I, I, I tried this last year. If they lose week one to Tampa, I wanted to see what the number would go to to win the NFC East. Right now it's plus money at plus $1.20. It didn't change last year, even with that opening uh, season loss to Tampa Bay. I wonder if it would change this year, though, because I, I, I'm with you. They're, we're going to talk about the Giants here at the end of the show. Maybe the commander is going to be better with Carson Wentz, but everybody's on Philly. Michael, you know this in your neck of the woods. Everybody's on the Eagles this year, but for good reason, right? Well, they don't even have to practice, Dave. They don't even have to practice. They've admitted that they're not even going to practice. They're just going to get their team healthy right there. They only practiced 58 minutes the other day. They're going to back off. They don't, they don't want to. And, and, you know, look, they, they're going to be right where you need to be. I, look, they're a good team. Philadelphia's got uh, – they made some really good additions. And, but it's going to come down to how good their quarterback plays. You know, can he throw the football effectively? For all the talk we give their running game, which is sensational, you got to throw the ball to win. I mean, we have such short memories in football. <laughs> they were down 33 to nothing in a playoff game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah, everybody just wants to talk about the draft and, and certainly the A.J. Brown trade. So we'll see that plays out. If I could out. jump in one uh, – yeah. Uh, yeah, if I could just jump in. I'm looking at the, the price right here. Plus 240 to miss the playoffs. My goodness, I know there's the extra team now, the 17, but that's an interesting price with that schedule, uh, the issues at receiver. And I've always felt Kellen Moore gets a lot of publicity, a little overrated as an offensive coordinator. And uh, I don't know if you guys have mentioned this. The elephant in the room. They're going to have one eye on Sean Payton. No if this question. team is two and four, three and three, uh, you're going to start to see the headlines. You know, they're going to be talking about it on all the shows. We'll be talking about it. Sean Payton, to me, is the elephant in the room here. Now, Mike McCarthy says, yeah. well, that's a non-story that that's just created by the media. Now, that's yeah. a story. That story is not going to go away. Uh, we mentioned quarterback, uh, certainly Michael did with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. What about Miami? Because uh, on paper, I, I think the other 52, the roster looks better. That's for sure. New head coach down there with a the fish, but it's the trigger guy. It's going to be Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, what would you do with this team, Will, as you kind of forecast the fish this year? Yeah, I'm not a believer. I like the under here, too. Uh, if you look at the record last year, oh, it looks pretty good. Then you dig a little deeper at who they beat in terms of the quarterbacks. I mean, it's really a who's who. It's Ian Book, Zach Wilson, uh, Daniel Jones, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they they you know drew uh, the New Orleans basically practice squad that Monday night game, which I think inflates their numbers. And they have a brutal schedule. They play the Bills twice. Uh, look at their December. They play on the road three games in a row: San Francisco, the Chargers. The Bills, home for the Packers on Christmas. That's their December. Good luck with that. Uh, I still you know, have plenty of questions about Tua, his arm strength. The offensive line, I think, would be better with Armstead at left tackle. But right tackle, Austin Jackson, to me, is uh, a huge concern. And especially with a right tackle with a left-handed quarterback. That's his blind side. To me, that's a big issue. Uh, and if you just go back a few years ago, 2019, they trade away all their players. They try to tank, get all these draft picks. They uh, you know, accrue all this draft capital. Look at that 2020 draft, Michael. They got nothing out of that draft. Igbenagi, Austin Jackson, Tua over Herbert. That is an all-time terrible draft. 
To me, it's a better roster, allowed, but it's a don't tough talk schedule. About it. You're not allowed to talk about it. That's why we have <laughs> – that's why Tyreek Hill was hired as the campaign manager. I mean, he's the oh, Pierre he's Salinger uh, of, of the Miami Dolphins. He's running the campaign. Nobody remembers who Pierre Salinger was. He was the <laughs> PR guy for the Kennedy administration. I mean, he's running it. I mean, he's doing a wonderful job of putting it out there. Oh, my God, Tua, you know, and, and they do a great job on Twitter. I mean, here's Tua throws this ball. It hangs in the air. They, you know, I mean, it, it, the way Tua throws it, if that was an airplane, they'd serve two meals on this flight. I mean, it's ridiculous <laughs> how long it stays in the air. But he's better. He's better than Patrick Mahomes, or at least on par, according to the Cheetah. I mean, now. he's better than Jason Herbert. I mean, I, I think Will's right. I think you have to kind of look at it. Look, they played New England at the end of the year. I mean, what do you think? Nobody wants to go back and watch Tua against Tennessee when it started raining. Oh, yeah. Like, when it started raining is when he fell apart. He doesn't play well in bad weather. I, I, I don't know what else I got to do to say. It's obvious. And, and, and you can speak to this, Will. You, you did it. You had Mike Sando on your podcast the other day about all the quarterbacks. Share with us what he said. Yeah, he said there was a lot of differing opinions on pretty much everybody. Even somebody, you know, uh, I think it was a scout or a defensive coach had Mahomes in the second tier, said he doesn't read defense as well. One guy said Lamar, if he could win 12 MVPs, he's still not a tier one guy because he doesn't throw well enough. So there's a lot of mixed opinions. One guy everyone sort of agreed on was Tua. They all agreed his upside is, you know, middle of the pack at best. They just don't think he throws it well. They don't think he's tough. They don't like his leadership. Uh, they said Hurts, you know, Teams actually preferred Hurts for all of his issues, and not that teams were that high on Hurts, but they preferred Hurts over Tua because they just like the person better in terms of toughness, leadership. Uh, you know, they say Tua gets hurt a lot, and some of it's his fault because he doesn't know how to read the blitzes, things like that. So uh, people around the league are, are pretty, you know, it's uh, pretty much a consensus here with Tua that he's just another guy, as Bill Parcells would say. He's a jag. I got to ask you very quickly in the last couple minutes that we have. It's another day, another couple bombs for Aaron Judge. And I know in New York, I mean, this is going to be maybe an all-time MVP race now with Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge. Uh, what do you say about a guy who's got 41 home runs? We're not even done with July yet, Will. He's in great shape here. I mean, if you're going to hit 60 home runs on the New York Yankees, they're going to finish in first place, win 107 games. I mean, Otani, what he's doing, you know, both sides of the ball, he's going to hit 30, 35 homers with a really good ERA. That's certainly impressive. But Judge is in good shape here to win the MVP. I think the market's starting to reflect that. Uh, I think Judge is pulled away. Again, there's a lot of time left. He could slump. He could get hurt. But as long as Judge stays healthy, if you hit the magic number of 60 and you're on a first-place team, uh, at some point winning still is important uh, to some of these voters. Judge is in good shape here to win the MVP. Yeah, I mean, it's not the – you know, it's like, look, I, I love it. But, I mean, I'm going to vote for Taysom Hill for the MVP <laughs> before even the game start. Like, seriously, I'm going to vote for Taysom Hill. He does a lot of good things, you know. <laughs> I mean, so you got, you know, I mean, winning matters. Like, winning matters. You got 68 wins, and we're not even into August yet. I mean, winning matters. The, the run differential is 203. This guy's bombing it out of the park. I mean, like, it would be no – I mean, I would love to go back with Sonino and Reynolds and play Stratomatic with this guy's card. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Like, I, I would love to see a Stratomatic card for Aaron Judge based on the season he's having. It would be 3-4, 3-5, 3-6, 3-7, all home runs. I mean, I would kill Sonino. <laughs> Will, appreciate it. Can't wait for the for the CityCast this week. The King of New York, follow him on Twitter as we do at Not the Will Hill. When we come back – Let's stay in the great city of New York, uh, a city so nice they named it twice. I'm going to go to Pat Leonard, find out about the G-Men, Michael, when we wrap up the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit Visa.com slash horses for all the details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. Very quickly, before we get to Pat Leonard, talk all things New York Giants, Femi Bebefefe, and Wes Reynolds is going to take over at the top of the hour. And Femi just said, Michael, that, that, that Tua must have hurt us. Because apparently right now, all social media is a buzz over a 65-yard touchdown pass from Tua Tungavailoa to Tyreek Hill. And there are chance of Tua, Tua, Tua going on at Dolphins training camp. So I just want to get that out there that right now all looks great in the land of the fighting fish. No doubt. And, I mean, it should look good in the land of fighting fish. They don't have pads on. I mean, there's no pads on that practice, so why not? If not now, when? I mean, look, you know, that's the way football will be anyway. So, and you can't touch the quarterback in practice. Look, anytime I want to know what's going on about teams, I always follow Twitter because they've been so reliable on who's playing well and who's not. I don't know. You know, I mean, you got pro football focus out there, but Twitter's reliability is way more undefeated than than everything before. They are undefeated on Twitter, that is for sure. Let's bring in the aforementioned Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News, and let's talk about the quarterback there for Big Blue, Pat. Welcome to the program. Great to have you on on this Saturday morning, because we know how this works. You know how this works. People get all hyped up at training camp over what they see specifically out of the quarterback. You got Brian Dable there. You got Danny Dimes, and we don't know if Danny Dimes is going to be there past this year. Are there reasons for optimism in the land of Big Blue? Well, you're talking about Tua and uh, completing a deep pass to Tyreek Hill. And Dave and Mike, I got bad news for you. No deep passes being completed here at Giants camp. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's moving slowly here, to say the least. Brian Dable just talking to him a few minutes ago before practice, and he's preaching patience. We can't rush to evaluation. Um, and talking about how he's really viewing this as more situational evaluation of his players and his offense. And listen, most likely this is going to go towards games that count in the regular season to give Daniel Jones a fair evaluation with full skill group, full offensive line, et cetera. But, you know, Mike, I mean, you could tell me, I don't know how early is too early to kind of ring the bell, ring the alarms, and say I don't like what I'm seeing here. But if I'm Brian Dable, I'm watching my ball not move the ball efficiently early, watching some guys run some wrong routes, watching the line not pass blocking well enough. And I'm saying something has to change for this to avoid this being even worse than probably John Mara uh, would, would, would want it to be. 
Well, I, I think, you know, when you've won 22 games in the last five years, as the New York football giants have, you don't have a good team. Now, I know they have no cap room, which should never go hand in hand. You should have cap room when you stink. You shouldn't have cap room when you're good, right? <laughs> but the giants somehow right. inter- exchange that. And, you know, uh, that's part of their management. But I think to answer your first question, Pat, 37 games as a starter is enough time, right? I mean, I think we know who he is. And I think Dayball's trying to be polite. You know, he's, he's giving coach speak. Well, you know, it's too early. No, it's not. You know, you watched every 30, you watched all 37 games before you went out in the practice field. You've watched all the OTA days. I mean, you know what you have. And the question is, are we making progress? It isn't, are we winning? Are we making progress? Can I build confidence without evidence in this team? And I think when he doesn't practice well, it makes it very challenging for Dayball to build it. And, and as I wrote in VEASAN, Pat, I'd love to hear your comment. You wrote it today in the New York Daily News. I, I, I don't understand why the betting market has Jimmy Garoppolo as, as the Giants as the third best team to bet on. But to me, it makes sense when you peel back the layer. Yeah, it does. You know, Tyrod Taylor, they gave him, you know, almost $11 million guaranteed over two years. So that's real money. And that's the backup already here who looks good so far. But Jimmy Garoppolo, listen, the, the only thing stopping it from a, from a logistical standpoint is salary cap space, which around $27 million to take on. The Giants, with only about $4.5 million cap room right now, the trade would involve offloading some salary either in the trade or by cutting some guys and also obviously giving the Niners a draft pick or two, you would think. But it really comes down to when a, when a quarterback is on the market who is a clear upgrade, and when you also have weapons who, this is the reality with the Giants right now, they draft Wandale Robinson, who's more of a gadget player, but if he and Kadarius Toney and Saquon Barkley and these guys are all on the field together, you could have an offense conceivably where with some accurate passing and some poise in the pocket, you could do a lot of catch-and-run damage against some teams and some defenses. So the Giants, it's not asking a lot of the quarterback to do that and get the ball out and do that. But if the line and the quarterback and the offense aren't in sync like we're seeing early, a quarterback like Garoppolo, who did those things exactly, exceptionally well, it's actually what he does best and did that with the Niners for guys like Deepo Samuel. That's why I think I agree with you. Like why there's some reasons why you say, well, why would you bring a guy in, you know, who's uh, used to playing on a playoff team to, to play here? He's in the last year of his deal and he costs a lot. There's all those reasons why. But for the, all those reasons listed of what he could do for the offense, if the Giants are in the, the mode of looking and saying, well, we can't win three or four games here. It really is a conceivable and viable option. Talking with Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News. And, Pat, you know, Michael and I talk a lot about culture and certainly, say, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. And you go back to the Giants' history, and obviously it's Bill Parcells, it's Tom Coughlin, it's tough, and those guys won. What's the culture that Brian Dable has to try to establish right now with his first training camp with the Giants? I think the culture – he has to walk a fine line because what I see from Dable so far – is he's trying to establish a culture where everybody feels like they're not walking on eggshells because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of chatter now coming out of the players like guys like Xavier McKinney, even John Feliciano who wasn't even here, just dishing to us secondhand that they felt that players felt like they were too afraid to make a mistake going on the field under Joe Judge and Pat Graham. Now, obviously they tried to keep Pat Graham, so I don't know how you kind of uh, marry those two ideas, but... The bottom line is Dable is trying to create a, uh, a culture and an environment where players feel comfortable going to him and saying, I, I'm not, I don't want to do this, I'd rather do it this way, where they can talk as peers as well as coach the player. But also the culture that John Mara and Steve Tisch need here is just they can't accept not only mediocrity, they can't accept mediocrity, let alone what they've seen here in recent years. And so I think Dable faces a huge challenge in the first year of what everybody knows is a rebuild because they know it's going to be tough, but he has to put his foot down when he sees something on the field he doesn't like in order to change it and improve it and have a competitive product. So it's great to be friendly with the players, but you also need to – it's a bottom-line business, and the players know that, the coaches know that, and so it really is a delicate balance he's trying to create. Where are they – Pat, give us a sense of their two first-round draft picks. I mean, what, what do they look like, and how have they impact the team early off in camp? Uh, well, we see the pads come on Monday. We'll see more. So far, Evan Neal has yielded some, some pressures. I mean, we, Gable has had the offense and defense in 11-on-11s go against each other 
fairly often, and it's been pretty physical. We actually saw dust up today uh, between some of the offensive and defensive linemen. You know, Thibodeau has been, I think, of the two rookies, more encouraging to start just because he seems to be moving fluidly. He was dealing with something in his midsection during the spring, whether it was a hip or something like that, and he looks good. He's, he bends low. Um, he's gotten some pressures and some plays that would have been sacks if they were going full tilt without a non-contact jersey. Uh, but the line as a whole, Neil included, really outside of Andrew Thomas at left tackle, who's looked good. The O-line doesn't look great to start. Um, and, you know, Evan Neal I would include with obviously, you know, he's a rookie, but uh, it has not been locked down on the right side so far. Um, but it is fun to watch those two guys go against each other as well. Uh, you know, two premier top ten picks and guys who they hope are going to be here for a long time. Got about 90 seconds left, Pat. And, you know, it is fascinating because this is a four-win team that Brian Dable inherits this year, and yet the numbers six, six and a half, up, up to seven wins in some betting markets out here in Las Vegas. What does a successful season look like? Is it measured by wins and losses, or is it about the culture we talked about? No, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, well, here's what I'll say. It, it almost it wouldn't be a bad thing for the Giants if they didn't win a lot of games but also saw a lot of progress with some key players. You know, part of the question about upgrading the quarterback position is if you win seven games this year as the Giants, that's almost the worst place to be. You'd rather be closer to that number one overall pick, especially when there's a lot of other teams, like five or six, who have two first-round picks to go and get their quarterback, whether it's Stroud or Bryce Young or somebody else this year. So I think a successful season is to see players like Xavier McKinney, Thibodeau, Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, et cetera, blossom and develop and build. And then, obviously, you need Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones to produce to have a good season. You need to stay healthy, and even if those players end up not on your team in the future, you're looking at creating a good culture where guys want to play here and where you're building towards a winning season in 2023. Year number one for Brian Daybold set to begin. Pat, really appreciate the conversation. Uh, great you, work at the appreciate New York Daily News. We'll have you back again. You got Appreciate it. Thanks you for having back. me on. Uh, it's great. Thank great you. information uh, from Pat Leonard there at Giants camp. Michael, that's going to put a bow on this edition of it. What a great show. I want to thank Carl Johnson, Will Hill, uh, Pat Leonard for joining us, and, of course, Femi and, and Wes coming up at the top of the hour. But, Michael, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, my friend. It does feel like football season, right? It's back. It's coming. Yeah, we're right here. We'll get the pads on soon. Thank All you. right. Thank you, David. Thank you, Stephen Bond. Thank you, Kevin. See you tomorrow morning, Michael Lombardi. Wes and Femi up next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.